Hello, welcome to episode 76 of Riot Act, the alternative music podcast with me, Stephen Hill, and this gentleman, Renfrey Deadman. Hello. Uh, Renfrey, I let you pick the vinyl this week. If you're on our YouTube channel, <laughs> Renfrey picked his three favourite records uh, to uh, to go up on the back wall there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. For those of you who you know aren't on our YouTube channel, it is, let me just see what they are. It's The Wrong Side of Heaven and the Righteous Side of Hell, Volume 1 and 2, actually, if you turn it over, by Five Finger Death Punch. Uh-huh, yeah. Got Your Six uh-huh. by Five Finger Death Punch. Uh-huh. And, and Justice for None mm. by... Five Finger Death Punch. Mm, so you've mm. gone for a Five Finger Death Punch. You say I have. I mean, these are technically your vinyls, aren't they? Oh, yes, Steve? they are, actually. It was a joke, everyone. Hey. Um, also got Renfrey <laughs> a new mug. Show everyone your mug, Renfrey. Yes, this it's is a, a Motley Crue uh, mug. Mug from, uh, is it the Dirt film? It's the Dirt oh, film, Oh, it's the soundtrack, yeah. actually. The soundtrack to yeah, the yeah, Dirt yeah. The film. So I'm very excited about that. Unfortunately, yeah. your Faith No More mug broke. I know, oh, yeah, I broke tragic. my Faith No More mug, which just leaves us with Kiss and Motley Crue. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the best. <laughs> Two of our favourite bands. Mm. <laughs> Yes, I got some Five Finger Death Punch vinyl. Lucky you. Mm. Um, why did are you allowed to talk about why you got that? I think so. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I I'm reviewing the new Five Finger Death Punch record from Metal Hammer magazine. Of all the people in the world, they yeah. thought Stephen Hill's our man for the job. For I've that. done it. I've reviewed a couple of their records before, actually. Oh yeah, you have, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I went over to listen to. It. I think I'm like the first person to have heard it. Not yes. really sure I'm allowed to say that, but well, uh, uh, was, do you, you mean know. do you mean I'm not going to talk about the actual record itself. I mean, I don't think we're going to review the record itself, to be perfectly honest, Renfrew. Should we review the record? I, I don't know. Give us a I shout. I think we should. But, um, uh, but you know, uh, they gave me some Five Finger Death Punch vinyl while I was there. Do you know what I will but, say? Um, so uh, shout out Dan at the um, their management company. He's a really nice dude. Possibly the only time I'll compliment this band. Um, they have lovely covers, don't they? Striking imagery. Very striking imagery. Yeah. That, that really stands out amongst Megadeth yeah. albums and all that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway. Uh, so, yeah, there you go. Five Finger Death Punch got a new album coming out. If anyone would like my views on Five Finger Death Punch, and, and I'm, I, I am particularly proud of the um, two out of five Five Finger Death Punch review i gave them when they flew me over to germany to see them for the independence absolute so, waste of money on their part, absolute right? waste of money on yeah. their part they probably spent five or six hundred pounds on me i reckon in in 24 hours mm. um and nope two stars uh so if you just google independent five finger death punch i'm sure it'll come up deadman your band megadeth five finger death punch at wembley you won't be there your band doesn't sound like i will be no but yeah. that's fine i'm I going i'm gonna go to that yeah you know Anyway. Do you want to do Musicism Sting? Yes, my, what I was about to do. Um, musicism.net are our good friends, who I'm sure you know by now, make online tutorials for budding singers, songwriters and producers. Ooh, they're and in NAM this week, just to they? make this a little bit different. Like Apocalypse Now? No, no, no. NAM. <laughs> no, not Viet. Um, uh, NAM as in the uh, trade show thing in America. It's a really big deal, really. Pl- like Platoon? Sure. It, yes, it's Vietnam. They're in Vietnam. Yeah. Shall I? Yep, carry on. <laughs> yeah. so I just anyway. wanted to make it different. All right. No, that's fine. Oh, no, mate. It, and it has been. <laughs> no, you've done, it. you've done a very good job considering we've done, what, 76 of these? Yeah. You didn't say what episode title it was either. Yes, I did. Oh, okay. Uh, you've got a piece of glitter on your face, which is really distracting me. I haven't. You do. You oh, definitely well, have I don't know how that's got there. Anyway, it's nine ninety nine a month, musicism.net. Right in capitals in the checkout, you get twenty five percent off. Let's talk about this glitter. Where is it? It's it's well, it's on your right cheek. It's gone? Oh, I think it's gone. Now. Okay, cool. I'll let you know. Uh, have you had a good week, Renfrey? 
Yeah, I've had a pretty decent week. Yeah, yeah, it's been better all right. than mine. Well, no, you listen to the Five Finger Death Punch. Well, so. I've had a. Pretty... You've had a bit of a tough week, <laughs> actually. Yeah. I was like, okay, if you think I'm sitting weird, uh, if you are watching on a YouTube channel, or if I just feel like I wince at any point, I've sli- I've got two blown out discs in my back which um, I pulled at the gym the other day. Not in a cool deadlifting way, but put or in it... Or a sort of pulling a sexy lady. Yeah, but way. in a... I put my leg in the, my shorts wrong and fell over, and now I'm in fucking agony. And poor Bonjour, if you're worrying, like, thinking maybe Bonjour will pop up as well at some point, mm. she might not today, because she's not eating for like... Or she hadn't eaten for like five days, and I was really worried about her. Yeah. I thought she was going to have to get put down, which would have been... It's almost as if someone poisoned her. I mean, something. fuck me. I wouldn't even joke about that if I were you, Renfrew, because <laughs> I said to the... I honestly said to the vet, if you put her down, I've, there's an overpass going to my house. I was like, I'm just jumping off of it. Okay. Yeah, because I don't want to be alive in a world without bonjour. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> so um, there's you an best inev- hope she starts eating again. There's an inevitability about... No, um, well, there is, but I don't have to be here for it. <laughs> Fuck it. Uh, anyway, on this week's show, we're going to be reviewing new albums from Annual Nurse by the Trail of Dead, uh, Poppy, Gargantua, and Pressure Cracks EP. Well done with Gargantua. That was very Thank good. You very much. Um, before we go any further, do you want to do the serious bit? Or I think we'll say the serious bit. No, yeah, congratulations to Bring Me The Horizon. We kind of had a bit of a pop at Bring Me The Horizon last week. Just but, a bit. Yeah, just a bit. I mean, I think deservedly so. Hmm. But uh, they've been nominated. This is mental when you think where Bring Me The Horizon have come from. For Best Band at the Brits. Mm-hmm. You'll be there. I will be there, yeah. Um, nominated along Foles, Bastille, Coldplay. That's insane. It's far more indie than I expected. I always think of the Brits as very uh, poppity pop pop. Yeah, but it's best band, isn't it? Ah, uh... best band. I mean, what? Uh, when you look at the list of nominations and you see, you know, it's obviously um, Stormzy and right. Ed Sheeran and Dave and that kind of thing. Is I mean, I don't pay attention to it. it. Right. Okay. okay. Yeah. 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 So, I think even back in 1996, I remember staying up late because ITV showed the uncut Brits from, I believe 1996 where Jarvis Cocker got on stage during yeah. Michael Jackson's yeah. performance. And, um, they, they made out that it was really salacious and it was on really, I think it was on at like one o'clock in the morning because it was like, if you see this, you well, will Well, that be... was the, the controversial year, wasn't it? Yeah, but Michael like... Jackson and what Oasis did and... What did uh, Oasis do? Oh, they just swore, didn't just they? Just swore loads, yeah. <sighs> Rubbish. Um, but yeah, all Jarvis Cocker did was he got up on stage and then he just sort he of lifted his, his bottom, shirt. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That was about it. Mm. Anyway. Still probably going to be better than what you'll get this year. Yes, I imagine. I imagine it will be. But yes. yeah. Uh, Quite like Dave to win best album, um, but it's int- I mean the thing that's kind of popped up from this nominations is the uh, the lack of nominees in kind of um, in in the the, the non gender specific categories. I think Mabel, who's a pop star, who's Nana Cherry's daughter, actually uh, is the only female nominee in any of the kind of. Um, non-gender specific categories and i was reading something which i thought was quite interesting says quite a lot about the brits i mean other people have written more stuff about this which i feel is probably more interesting and more passionately put but one thing that i did think sort of sums up how cretinous the brits are little sims who i saw at the uh the mercury music prize who was fantastic and whose album is great um was not eligible for best album at the brits because her album didn't crack the top 40 the uk album top 40 and that is an absolutely absurd, absurd 
I don't care. Why do we Set talk of, about it? Why do we talk about it? I don't, don't know. Um, here's something else we probably shouldn't talk about while we're on <laughs> annoying things. Um, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductees got announced as well. The Doobie Brothers, Whitney Houston, Depeche Mode, T-Rex, Nine Inch Nails, Notorious B.I.G. Uh, no room for Soundgarden. No room for Motorhead. Again, no room for Judas Priest. Again, no room for the MC5, uh, amongst others. Mm. Uh, you know... We thought Soundgarden would be a shoe. I thought didn't Soundgarden we? would be yeah. a shoe, and yeah, no Radiohead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's mad, isn't it? Um, I, I mean, America, isn't it? The Doobie Brothers. I don't. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. I don't know. <laughs> uh, that is just a big shrug from me. I mean, None Inch Nails, great, brilliant. Yeah, it um, seems you know, Notorious B.I.G. as well. As much as he is like absolutely brilliant mm-hmm. and essential in hip hop quarters, to be putting him in, um kind of first time round like first mm. go mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that seems a bit odd I think when you consider a lot of the people that haven't gone in how long was he doing stuff for as well Notorious not long at all. yeah yeah like he yeah. had a very short career didn't but he? it's just because of how kind of influential and significant he was yeah okay uh, I think you know that I think that's probably why he's going in there because of the the the, the influence and impact he had on hip-hop in as a as a whole mm. well you could argue the same in Nirvana, i suppose yeah of course you could yeah, yeah. um and uh i think yeah but i mean you know what i will say is brilliant to see night Nails and depeche mode going in yep. happy with that yeah um but overall don't care <laughs> yep although <laughs> yeah. it'd be nice to see i'd like to see what trent resident does because uh, they have to do a performance yeah thing, they do they? yeah that'd be awesome yeah that would be, that. That'd be really really good um uh the big big news really this week i guess um, sadly, again, we don't. We have got. We do a lot of these, don't we? Depressing. Well, celebrities. Well, celebrity culture became a thing in the fifties, and the, and a lot of them are passing away now. Yeah, so. uh, Neil Peart um, died on the seventh of January after a long battle with glioblastoma, which is a type of brain cancer. Three and a half years after he was diagnosed with it, um, obviously, you only have to look at the type of people that have come out and talked about Neil Peart and his influence and how great a drummer he was. Um, not just one of the sort of best, most influential drummers ever, but one of the most creative minds in early hard rock and rock music, I mm. think. Uh, yeah. Like, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I am an absolutely avid Rush fan, but I think when you go back and listen to, you know, um, a song like Working Man from the first Rush album from 1974 feels really really different from so much of what american hard rock was at that time uh, i'm actually i think i said it when we did our albums of the decade i'm kind of more partial to the early 80s you know permanent waves um yep. moving pictures that stuff i think is is great but then also i've got 2112 2112 is the, the big one isn't mm-hmm. it yeah, yeah, yeah and um it's massively impressive and what i didn't realize is neil per actually wrote the lyrics kind of mm-hmm. come up with the 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 story for all that as well so mm. you know an unbelievably talented human being yeah i am I, i'm actually i'm quite a big rush fan oh, actually yeah. yeah i'd say so it, it took me a while to get into them i found uh geddy lee's unique vocal style a bit of a hindrance at first but once mm. i sort of got over his odd um vocals uh, i really really started to appreciate them maybe i don't know probably only about 10 years ago but i think they are a 
phenomenal class act who did every like most things in the prog rock realm first most not all but most um and uh just the sheer kind of they had a sheer sort of um not arrogance but just they they would not deviate from what they wanted to do they were not afraid to go out there and do three hour shows and do album shows. And, you know, they just they just did things their way the whole time. Um, and I think Neil Peart had a lot to do with that. And obviously in terms of uh, influencing other drummers, I mean, any drummer who is vaguely showy at all, I think mm. um, Neil Peart probably had an influence on. If you ever saw his kit, it usually had a insane amount yeah, of, uh, yeah, a ridiculous amount of... Um, drums and so on and so forth it was just just yeah absurd but absurdly talented drummer who will be sadly missed Mm. and when you read back to his i mean i was reading up on him and his life and everything and you read stuff about you know his daughter and his wife in the late 90s both passed away within kind of two years of each other and he took a sabbatical and went and just took a motorbike and went across america Mm. on a motorbike and has written a book, like you know, wrote a book and wrote a diary of it, and which which was released as well. And you know, I, I think what you said about you know Rush just did what they did and they didn't care about anything. I mean, they must being a Canadian band and a Canadian kind of hard rock band in the early seventies. I mean, now when we talk about we did a whole show where we talked about different brilliant Canadian bands, but I don't know that I can think of any sizable bands from that part of the world before Rush came along? I'm sure there are some. Uh, off the top of my head, I can't, no. Yeah. Not not the sort... They're certainly who, the, would be one of the biggest. Yeah. They, they, in, in, in a lot it's of ways, actually, they remind me of um, Pearl Jam in the sense that their fans are absolutely cast-iron passionate. Mm. And, you know, they will... They used to just announce um, a couple of nights at the O2 or whatever, and they'd sell out like that, you yeah. know? Um, and Pearl Jam will do that as well. And there'll be a lot of people who are like, oh, but they only released one good album. And it's like, well, <laughs> no. Um, and I think Russia a bit like that as well. I think people, yeah, people go to 2112 and just like, oh, that's the one. But um, I mean, for me, like Hemispheres, A Farewell to Kings, um, Clockwork Angels, which was quite a latter one, was Clockwork really Clockwork Angels was, was recently voted the best album of, the last decade by the readers of classic rock magazine was it mm. i wouldn't take their opinion too much <laughs> to, heart, to be fair it but, is a good record but, though yeah I it mean, is a good you know, record it, it yeah. was obviously going to be one of those types of bands so you know just goes to show that oh. they were still managing to do it. i mean i've i think i did hear that record once when it first came out but i, I genuinely you know i don't have a, an opinion on it either way but i think I, th- I think rush are one of those bands who their their later work they, they were doing really good stuff towards the end as well you know mm-hmm. um i think clockwork angels is probably the last one it i is, yeah. listened to is, is it the last it one is the up? last one yeah 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 but it's 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 a yeah it's a very good album mm-hmm. it's a very good album so, so anyway uh neil per another member of the kind of rock and roll aristocracy uh has passed away and that is a a, a very very sad thing um so, all right, then let's do some reviews, I guess, shall we? Yes. Let's start with, and you will know us by the Trail of Dead. Um, this is a, an album called X or Ten. 
I guess. Ten, the yeah. Godless Void and Other Stories, as you'd expect, it is the 10th album from the Texan Quartet, who, in my humble opinion, Renfrey, are one of the best bands of the 21st century. I'd agree the with noughties, you. particularly, the run of albums they put out in the noughties, Madonna, Source Tags and Codes, Worlds Apart, So Divided, Century of Self, is an absolutely stunning run. Oh, you're records. not including Tale of the Dead there? Um, I didn't really get much of a listen to Tale of the Dead, to be honest. Okay. So I'm not going to include it just because I I did dip off of um, Trailer Dead around that time for whatever reason. Mm. In fact, I didn't even realise the ninth one had come out, I don't think. I think if I did, um, it came out at a time where I was being bullied into listening to fucking water parks or something. So I never got around to listening to it. Um, well, but, it came out six years ago because this is their first oh, album in six years. Yes. Okay. So yeah. Um, but a great, a great band. Yeah, and a band that we haven't really talked about all no. that much on the show for no, some reason. Well, I guess they've been, not been doing anything for. No, they're one of those. But yeah, they are mm. one of those bands that I don't feel like I ever really mention very no. much. No. But yeah. that I love. Yes. Do you know what I, I mean? I've got a trailer dead tattoo. Mm-hmm. on my arm mm-hmm. right now um and, and yesterday for, <laughs> forever probably presumably uh and well. my arm gets chopped off and um could happen it could happen but what i love about trailer dead is and this is why i think we should start this review what are and you and i by trailer dead what oh, are they post-hardcore right. grunge garage rock indie post-rock punk rock what are trailer dead i don't think you can put them into a just a genre, a genre beyond alternative rock, which yes. is ridiculously broad. Mm. Um, I would say that there are different Trail of Dead type records. Very early on, they were a very noisy outfit, like very noise rock and very experimental. Well, we can kind of go through because what I feel that Trail of Dead have whatever type of song they're doing. And there are a few different types of songs that they do. They have such a uniquely, um, a, a sound that is so unique and specific to them. It always sounds like Trailer Dead. That no matter what they do. And I think you can go back and like Madonna, like you quite rightly said, is a very noisy punk record. Yeah. Source Tags and Codes felt much more like a, a more kind of cohesive, focused version of that. Yeah. I think Worlds Apart is the most the widest in scope of absolutely everything done. yep I my think so divided is probably the most the slowest and maybe the most expansive record they've done um mm, definitely of, haven't heard tale of the dead okay, <laughs> but yeah yeah, yeah 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 um and century yourself is I don't know, it's been a while since i've listened to that one to be fair but i do remember thinking this is great and mm. Probably, how would mm, century? Well, go on. What would you say, century yourself? Because I feel like that's different as well. Century yourself is far more song based, isn't it? Because mm. they sometimes have sort of proggier leanings. I mean, I would say that one facet of um, Trail of Dead, which I would probably apply to Worlds Apart, Tale of the Dead, and this album as well, is. Uh, they have a sort of psychedelic latter-day Beatles feel to them, albeit much, much heavier. I always compare them to the Beatles. Yes. To me, they are the closest thing to the Beatles that has happened since the Beatles. And I mean that Hmm. in a lot of people go, well... (laughs) well, Okay, but the, the thing is, 
when Oasis came out, everyone went, oh yeah, that. I know what that well, sounds no, like. Well, Noah Gallagher went like that. I know. Maybe. Well, I know what that sounds like. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, no, everybody went. Yeah, oh, yeah, I know yeah, what yeah. this is. These are these songs. I've 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 heard all of this stuff before, mm. right? What you know? What the Beatles did with those last sort of five or six records? No, no one had ever done that before. No one had ever tried recording music like that before. No one mm. had ever attempted to make songs in that manner before. Mm. It just didn't really exist, particularly within the framework of you know essentially guitar pop which is what the, the Beatles initially were and then morphed into like you say this kind of weird psychedelic rock band with all these mad creative crazy ideas yeah Trailer Dead are that those crazy mad psychedelic unheard ideas fast forwarded 40 years yeah given a beefier sound and often filtered through a prog proggy kind of conceptual thing as well yeah. not always but often i would often, say tale yeah. of the dead definitely uh maybe worlds apart uh, well, i think know. worlds apart yeah yeah definitely uh, but... and and i think this record definitely this record mm. as well yeah i mean there's they are a very very difficult band to categorize yeah they are incredibly difficult because all that stuff about when you talk about prog and psychedelica and you know that sort of thing you don't expect a band to be as punky and as raging and as straightforward as Taylor uh, Trailer of the Dead often are. They can be, yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean even be. even on this record mm. there are moments where it's heavy. I mean probably never never as heavy as Madonna or no. the kind of you know the, the heavier stuff from Source Tags and Codes. But they are a heavy band. Like I don't want people who haven't heard them to go, you know, who are into you know punk or whatever to go that doesn't really sound like the sort of thing that i want to listen to yeah because they're i not, think they're not an indie band they're no because band. i think they're whatever you band. like i think you should get something from trailer dead i agree and quite interestingly actually something that we haven't mentioned um source tag and codes their source tags and codes mm-hmm. that's the name of it isn't it their third album is one of i think only 10 no sorry one of only three albums to receive a perfect 10 score on pitchfork Really? Which um, probably says more about Pitchfork than it does about the record. Not that it isn't an excellent album, because it is an excellent album. Mm. Although, let's bear in mind that Pitchfork are the people who gave, what, Lateralis Surf 1.9 out of 10, Mm. and Francis the Mute 2.0 or something like that. But uh, it is is an excellent record, and I think that says quite a lot about it and the band. I think that's probably considered their classic album at this point. It's uh, Yeah, I saw them play it in uh, full in Dingwalls. I um, reviewed it for Team Rock, actually. Did you? Yeah, this was like five, six years ago. Okay, yeah. Yeah, see, I, for whatever reason, just sort of missed out on a bunch of Trail of Dead goodness. I think if you you stopped around Tale of the Dead, yeah, you really have. Because Tale of the Dead, I would say, is my second favourite Trail of Dead album after Worlds Apart. Wow. Um, Wow. Nine, yeah, it's fucking amazing, Tale of the Dead. Um nine is really really good i never really got into lost songs but um i wouldn't say it's a bad album i think that's another thing i have trail of dead albums that i absolutely adore uh, trail of dead albums which i think are good and i have trail of dead albums which i can respect but i don't tend to listen to for example i don't tend to listen to their debut very much at no all. their debut is the one that i probably wouldn't ever really go to i mean century itself in my head i think is great but i couldn't tell you the last time i listened yeah, to exactly. it whereas that run of you know from madonna to so divided 
that is four records that back to back I absolutely love. But what I will say, what I will say about them is even when, um, even when they produce stuff that I'm personally not a fan of, that it's always interesting. Oh, always, 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 always interesting. I, I mean, if if the preamble hasn't been enough, um, they're a brilliant 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 band and it feels a shame that we have to go and point this out in such you know <laughs> to go so like you this is a great band do you know what i mean because it should to, to me it should just be taken as red like if you reviewed queens of stone age you wouldn't be sitting here going hey rated r is a really great album yeah. you should really check this but like do you know what i mean yeah. for me there's not a massive difference. In fact, I'd probably prefer Trailer Dead to mm. Queens of Stone Age in terms of their career. I certainly, I'd certainly think Trail of Dead. Um, not only have they had more records than Queens of the Stone Age, but they've probably been more consistent as mm. well. Um, usually, when we do a big preamble about how amazing a band are, it's usually to offset that with a. It's a shame that this record isn't very good. Isn't yeah, it's it? funny that, isn't it? I don't. Mm. But that's not going to be the case here. No. Because <laughs> no. this album is fucking amazing. Here it is. The first great records of the decade, Renfrew. Oh, yes. Oh, I really like that Beach Slang album. I'm, okay. still, I'm still playing that a lot. Oh, mate, but, me too. I mean, yeah. I, there were some very, very good records mm. last week. Yeah. But for me, this is the first great record. I think... The first essential record. It's of... ridiculous to compare the two, but yes, I do think this is probably better than the Beach Slang yeah. record, yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's not, it wasn't even really meant as a comparison. Yeah. I just yeah, yeah, was yeah, thinking, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. this is... If someone said to me, should I listen to that Beach Slang record? I'd probably go, yeah, I think you might probably like it. Yeah, mm. you could, you know, depending on what you like, you should probably tre- check it out. This... I think you have to listen to this. Yeah, it's, it's fucking, fucking brilliant. You have yeah. to listen to it and go, oh my God, they've got 10 albums. And then yes. go back and yes. go, yeah, yeah, wow, yeah. like why why has the world stopped talking about this band? Yep. Because they were pretty fucking hyped back in, what, 2002, 2003? Source yeah. Tags and Codes when it came out. It was, it was cover Kerrang. It was the Madonna in Source Tags and Codes yeah. era, wasn't it? Mm. Yeah. Um, and And strangely... You know, they then release Worlds Apart, which I do. Is Worlds Apart your favourite as well? Uh, it's got some. It's got my favourite songs on it. Mm. So divided in Worlds Apart, I've got my favourite individual Trailer Dead songs on it. What's your favourite as a whole? Um, so the title track from So Divided might be my favourite. Um, I was actually asking album, but oh, um, probably Source Tags and Codes. To be honest, ah, uh, fair. Fair. Yeah, I mean it's a brilliant album, mm. um, but yeah, funnily enough, I mean I I when they released what well, I think I think it's that just it's just that thing of great band releases another great record. There isn't like a story there, you know. There isn't much of a story here for this album. I mean, bar the fact that it's the band's twenty fifth anniversary, mm-hmm. and Conrad Keeley um, is uh, one of two vocalists from the band. Um, he moved away to Cambodia for about five years, which is why the band have been inactive for the past five, six years. And this is about him moving back to Texas, this record primarily. But bar that, there isn't much of a quote-unquote story around this record. It's just a great record. Yeah. They do things which, uh, again, so just sound like trail of death i mean the thing is it's again they're very very hard to describe in a review because if you know what annual nurse by trail of dead sound like Mm. you probably have a vague idea of what this record's going to sound like because 
much like Tool. Tool sound like Tool, mm-hmm. and no one else really sounds like Tool. Trailer Dead sound like Trailer Dead, and no one else really sounds like Trailer Dead. And they have, you know, four or five tricks in their arsenal that mm-hmm. they fuck that they they are very good at that mm-hmm. they fuck around with like mm-hmm. the title track of this is a is a rager it's mm-hmm. one of those kind of full throttle you yeah. know wailing Excellent. punk songs and then a song like don't look down is incredibly soft and emotive and yeah. it builds to this amazing crescendo they do this thing where they take a part that and i tell you the only other band i can think of at the top of my head who do this as well as Trailer Dead. And bearing in mind, I think I've gone on record on how much I like this band. It's Typo Negative, right? Typo Negative will play a riff or there'll be a part. They'll do four bars of it. You'll never hear it again. Yes. Yeah, yeah, And yeah, Trailer Dead to, yeah, do yeah, this yeah. all the yeah. fucking time. They'll play a bit of a... You'll see a song that's seven minutes long. The first minute you'll go, oh my God, this is absolutely incredible. And then it will change and that incredible bit will never come back. Yeah. They're also, the way that they, um, there's not loads of it on this record, maybe on the second half of the record more so, but the manner in which they put songs together Mm. is just absolutely sublime, you know, rather than having verse, chorus, verse, chorus, they'll maybe do chorus then a verse which is like four minutes of the song and then end with a chorus and that could be a trail of dead song and yeah. they really fuck around with so-called traditional song structures mm. and and all that kind of thing and with instruments as well i mean you never know who's front in the band yes you yeah. never know what we should say is everyone in the band you go and see them live and you don't like you'll have a bass player who will be singing and then he'll get on the drum kit and then you'll have a guitarist who'll yeah. swap to the keys and then and you just you, they're absolutely they're, they're this is again what i mean about the you know, about the beatles is they the beatles you never kind of really knew how that happened or what was going on yeah was this you're like right who's singing this one who's yeah. playing drums on this track yeah. like when i go and see this live is the guy who's just been sitting there playing the piano and singing this song gonna suddenly get up and start playing the drum kit and the drums are going to come around the other, yeah. and they're going to swap places exactly like you just do not know and i can't think of another band who have that approach where there is no like he's the guitarist in the band. He's the singer of the band. I, I can't think. I can't think of another band who do that. No, I mean, it, it definitely. I mean, it definitely feels like Conrad and Jason's band. Yes, I would say. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, but they do swap quite a bit. I think. I think there's more Conrad on this record than Jason. Mm. But Jason definitely puts a stamp on it. I mean, he's um, he does vocals on the uh, title track, doesn't he? Um, yes. and you know, I mean, but it he's, is, he's more of the kind of, um, screechy voice, he's the one. punkier one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, in terms of like the stuff that trail of dead do, I mean, the, the first song proper all who wander is an amazing opener. And they, uh, they do this thing where the, the band suddenly get very, very quiet and they're still playing, but they're just playing very, very quietly, which ask any rock band. That is one of the hardest things you can do playing quietly um, and then gradually get louder again and all this sort of thing, which is something which I listen to that. And I think I can't wait to see that live, which will probably happen in March mm. because they're coming over in March. Mm. Um, but um, yeah, I, I started listing songs which were highlights on this album and stopped after track five because i realized i was just naming every single song yeah um i i just love this record it's so good i've been listening to it 
fairly constantly for about a month now. Um, and it already feels like a, a record that's been in my collection for years and years and years. The, the melodies are so familiar and instant to me. Is that and thing, man? The, well, I think this is another thing that Trail Dead do brilliantly. They are really instant. And yet at the same time, there's loads going in on, on their songs. That's the trick. They, I yeah. Mean, that is the hardest trick to pull off. And they are extraordinary at that. Like, I mean, there's not, you know, there is, there's keys and strings and elect a bit, little bits, touches of electronics and huge swaths and walls of guitars. And, you know, you can tell that this has been put together by, it feels like about 400 people yeah. would be in the band. Yeah, 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 Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like you look at sometimes the, you, yeah. you look at the track listing, you look at the like personnel on something like um, Chinese democracy and you mm-hmm. see, oh, they've got mm-hmm. 19 guitarists playing and you go, well, I can't hear any. I can, if that was a train of dead, you go, yeah, but that yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Yeah. And you think, well, it, there's only four of them in the band, but then actually live there is, I mean, I've seen them before. They've had sort of six or seven people. They had six or seven for a brief period of time, but um, recently they have been going back to a four-piece. Really? That's mad. I mean, I just don't know how they're going to... I mean, some some of those songs seem impossible to pull off. Yeah, yeah. Uh, They'll do it, though, because they're a great live band as well. You know, they're fantastic. Um, I was trying to think of a negative for this album, and um, I tried, I thought really, really hard and I couldn't think of one. Then I read some other reviews who have been fairly ho-hum about it. Well, this it. is the thing. The last few do seem to have been sort of fairly negatively received. And I don't know if it's just because people have gone, oh, I remember that band and they were cool for a minute and now they're not. So pff, whatever. They're just I doing the same think thing. it's lazy journalism and they go, oh, there's no story behind this. So I'll just be like, yeah, whatever. I'll listen to it once. I'll be like, yeah, it's all right. Um, personally, that's what I think. I mean, the one criticism that came up, which I was like, yeah, I can kind of see what you mean. There were a couple of reviews which said that this album's a little bit repetitive and compared to, say, Worlds Apart, mm. y- yeah, I guess it is. But for me... I mean, competitive, uh, competitive, um, repetitive in comparison to... I mean, you've said it yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm saying all of this with a stress on I tried very hard to find a negative. Mm. Like, um, I really love this record. Um, I, 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 th- I think you could argue it's a bit repetitive, but the album's 50 minutes long. It keeps my attention the entire way through because there's so much going on. The melodies are just wonderful and so infectious. Um, and I... I don't think it's repetitive. I think that's bollocks. I think that's absolute. Like when you think of like 80, 90% of rock albums released at the moment, you're telling me this one's the, the repetitive one, right? Yeah, okay. I think you know how you were saying that there are Trail of Dead tricks that they yeah. reuse and do again and again. I, I think they do, as you say, they have five or six tricks mm-hmm. and they reuse them and they do them over and over again. To be honest, most bands do that, and actually, most bands only have one or two tricks. I was going to say, there's twelve tracks uh, on it. If they do, if they got six tricks and they use each of them twice, exactly, that ain't repetitive. Yeah, yeah exactly. But but you know, I mean, it's it's repetitive in. Uh, I mean, how much do you love this band? Is 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 the question? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like, how much do you love this band? If you don't really love them, this is not their best record. No. Uh, like, we're both sitting here going, "Oh, it's so great." 
it's not their best record, but it's a very, very, very good Trailer Dead record. It's a very good record, like full stop. I, and, I do think it's quite high on my yeah, Trailer Dead. Uh, you know, I, I think it's I think it's good. I mean, having only had it for a week, am I going to put it above Source Tags and Codes and Worlds Apart and Madonna and So Divide? Like, like I can't do that at the moment. But the fact that every time I hear Trailer Dead, I just go, yeah, that's as good as Trailer Dead always are. Um, and yes, it's not. I mean, I do remember hearing Worlds Apart and being like, "Fucking hell, they've this mm. is not mm. what they were two albums ago or even one album." No, ago. no, no. Like not. so, that is and but you can't really expect a band, especially a band who have done so much, mm. to continue to do that ten albums down the line. Ten albums down the mm. line feels like a very, very unfair thing to be judging a band who have done so much to just go oh what you run out of ideas after 10 albums have you yeah it's like, Fucking oh, hell, most bands run out of ideas after half an album to be clear i'm not saying they've run out of ideas no no i know all. you're I'm not i'm just saying this idea not. that it's repetitive for them mm. Mm, i mean i I get what you're saying, but they're such good songwriters and they're just such a fucking great band. I'm just, I'm merely mentioning it just to bring some balance to the review. But at the end of the day, I think it's fucking excellent. And I think that's like, we listen to, we bring in way more. I mean, to say this is repetitive when we did that Bring Me The Horizon EP last week is an absolute joke. Uh, You know, Um, I would go as far as to say, I think this is my fourth favourite Trailer Dead record. Go on. Um, three two one worlds apart tear the dead source tagging source tags and codes i don't know why i keep struggling over that title um better than madonna wow i i you're gonna hate me for this i not the first two records the noisy side of trail of dead i love it live but i don't tend to listen to it on record very Mm. much so madonna would be low-ish for me okay um even though i appreciate that madonna is the record that first sort of put them on the map Mm. um it's got some amazing like totally natural yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally uh, age, like the... age dolls is age dolls yeah. on that one. Yeah, I mean, age dolls is always a highlight live, but um, as an album, I just don't listen to it very much. Mm. I always enjoy when they play stuff from it, but um, but yeah, and to you know, for a band's tenth record to be that high up is pretty impressive. I think it is. Yeah, that's so. very impressive. Yeah, I, 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 oh, I don't know where I'd put it at the moment, um, but. What I will say is, having not heard nine, um, uh, nine's good, yeah. Um, and having briefly listened to Tower of the Dead and just being like, 2011, I suppose I was just starting to do the Metal Hammer podcast at that point, mm. and everything got very metal mm. for mm. me, so they probably suffered from that a little Tale bit. Tower of the Dead is just so an incredible, absolutely go back to that grand, yeah. Oh, it's fantastic. I mean, the way that they wanted to release it, they wanted to release it as two tracks and the record label wouldn't let them in the end. So there's a double disc version which has the album split into several tracks and then sort of the two track version. But the two track version is the one. It's fucking brilliant. brilliant. Yeah, it's All right. amazing. Well, yeah, I'll, I'll absolutely have to go into that because this has just made me remember how much I fucking love this band. I have to say, um, I have revisited half of their back catalogue since receiving this album i received it just before christmas and i've been listening to trailer dead alone so great we probably shouldn't talk too much about the rest of their back catalogue because we might be talking about it another time Mm. but i will just say if you are listening worlds apart Mm. possibly the best opening 
eight minutes of any record ever. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. That yes. might be my favourite. I mean, that's what the Will You Smile Again is, what the, my tattoos. Will You on. Smile Again is, is the song I was referencing when I said chorus, a verse which lasts about four minutes and then chorus. That's yeah. basically the song structure for that song. Uh, yeah. Brilliant. Even with a name like Ode to Isis, like the first track. Yeah, yeah. It's not aged that well, but the music has. Uh, anyway, that is the brand new record from And You Will Know Us by The Trail of Dead. It's called Ten, The Godless Void and Other Stories. If you haven't heard this band ever, you must listen to this new record. This is a, this is a, a bad, really good place to start. I was about to say, it's not a bad entry point at all. Yeah. Not a and bad then one. if you like it, and I'm sure you will, uh, then you have got some really, oh, yeah. really incredible albums to go and uh, yeah. dissect and uh, yeah. get inside. I think we're both that. agreed on Worlds Apart and Source Tags and Codes, aren't we? Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, th- I, mean yeah. I think So Divided is... Really I love So Divided, actually. It's very, very good. Record. Yeah. It's fuck so it. Let's chuck great. that in as well. Yeah. Um, brilliant band. Brilliant band and a very, very good album. As I said, the the, the best, the, the first brilliant record of the decade for me yeah fair, fair. Thought, wow, i'm happy with i've that. heard a couple of really good albums um, but that's the first one that we that, that's come out that i really love i think um uh, let's move on to our next record which comes from poppy it's called i disagree um this is the third album from the youtuber turned solo <laughs> artist uh, a record described by her as having no genre. Hmm. Uh, she's got on the cover of Kerrang! over the last few weeks. We didn't cover it last week. It actually came out last week. And we wasn't really particularly on my radar, I have to say. Can I uh, uh, Can I fulfill this? Yeah, yeah sure. Okay, so this, this was on my radar and I was aware of it. Um, and I basically chose to not even bring it to Steve. Um because my view was Poppy is not really a riot act artist in the sense that um, she is a pop star. Mm-hmm. However, on this particular record, her third, as you said, mm-hmm. uh, out on she, Sumerian, we should point out. Just out on Sumerian. Of, yep. You know, where we're going. Yep. 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 On this particular record, she has taken a metal direction and i think her influences i listened to a um shout out dan p carter i listened to one of his swim podcasts someone who isn't me was on Mm -hmm. with poppy and her long-term collaborator titanic sinclair probably not his real name um and uh it's very interesting and i'd certainly learned a lot more about her and where she sort of fits in the world and i kind of realized that her influences are the likes of Bowie, Marilyn Manson, Andy yeah, Warhol. Right, mm-hmm. And um, basically the through line with those are like people who uh, transform themselves and transition um, from one thing to another. Who People who I think she wants to be uncategorizable. Um, and yeah, you, you've half said it already i don't think this album is strictly uncategorizable but maybe as a career as a whole maybe when she has a few more records maybe it will be more like that but then you know it certainly is an interesting move because if you're if you think of pop stars who change what they do your bowies and your madonnas for example very few of them have gone full-on metal 
slash industrial while still retaining a pop sheen and sensibility. Yep. Unless you have any that you can think of. Lou Reed? Hill. Is Lou Reed a pop star? No, probably not. But I mean, when you... Because you you're you're thinking heavy uh, uh, metal machine, machine music. Yeah. Mm. And also, is, is that metal or is it just unlistenable? Vanilla Ice? <laughs> Vanilla really? Ice made a, a new metal album. Oh, fuck, he did, didn't he? I thought, yeah. shit. Yeah. Ah, well, there we I go. Mean, and finally, someone has... Uh, <laughs> exhumed the corpse of vanilla ice and it's popping <laughs> well this is a total waste of time then for, uh, forgive me for bringing it in um but yeah a couple of you um mentioned on i think it was the facebook page and were surprised that we didn't cover it last week and uh, as i said i thought i didn't really think it really fitted in with right act but then we had a discussion about it over the phone mm. um and um, the discussion just it was really interesting and i stopped you in your tracks and i said you know yeah. what i think this is an interesting thing to talk about, even though you're probably going to be able to guess what we think about it. But I still think it's interesting to talk about this album. Mm. Um, yes, yeah, awful. This, isn't it? <laughs> it's really bad, and it's um, it's bad because. And this is this is before people start jumping up and down. Um, I, having just spoken about a band like and your nurse by the trail of dead, who weave so seamlessly weave. Uh, so many different moods and styles and ideas so cohesively into one one part and when you think of I mean again I think because I've heard something that's coming out later this year uh, which has so many different varieties of stuff going on but feels so cohesive yes um, we spoke about blood command Yes. We spoke about Fucked Up, obviously, on the yeah. albums of the year. I think we've um, just spoken about Trail of Dead, actually. Trail well, of yeah. Dead do a lots of, lots of different well, yeah, types of things. That's and that's always... what I just said. So I thought you said uh, Blood Command and... Well, yeah, but before that, I started by saying having just spoken about Trail of Dead. I do apologise. He's not listening at all. Well, I, I, had to, uh, I had a text <laughs> message which I had to get back <laughs> okay, to fine. that instant. I do apologise. Um, but yeah, Trail of Dead. Um, we spoke about Blood Command, Fucked Up. I think, you yeah. know, there are, there are <sighs> bands who we've spoken about in the past and said these are genuine um melding melting pots where yes. everything fits in together yes um, the word i used on the phone and something i use on this podcast all the time is a genuine hybridization hybridization is a great word yeah. which i believe and is a word have i invented that word i don't know no i don't think you have actually for Bollocks. once <laughs> um, uh, um but the baby metal comparisons are obviously a, a quite a big one, right? And I understand that because baby metal do a fairly similar thing. And we were quite, you know, I don't particularly care for baby metal. Like I've not listened to that album since uh, it came out. Yeah, my, my first comparison point was baby metal. I went, okay, yeah. this is baby metal, basically. Yeah. yeah. And it but, basically is. But here's the thing about baby metal, right? Which is why I give baby metal a pass and why I don't want to give this a pass. I feel like baby metal take the tropes of kind of ridiculous Japanese pop and Japanese culture and the tropes of the, the kind of the silliest, dopiest, gumbiest metal and just ramp them up, ramp all of those cliches up to le to a level where it just becomes fun. Do you know what I mean? It's undoubtedly ludicrous. It's mm. undoubtedly over the top, but it is uncontrollably 
catchy and not and and nice and fun and kind of reverential. Baby um, metal are definitely more fun than this is. Yeah. yeah. Whereas this for me, it being kind of Western and contemporary metal, it just doesn't work for me. It just doesn't work where you take kind of serious like bog standard metalcore and then like this kind of sexy white girl thing and try and it feels really icky um you're saying baby metal doesn't feel icky because it definitely felt icky in the beginning no i mean there were a lot of people who were clearly fans of baby metal for reasons beyond the music okay you can't control your fans you can control what you do baby metal have never been and like as far as i'm concerned i've never seen anything with baby metal and gone this is set up to be sexualized no true way i think people who say that are just being like fucking perverts yeah (laughs) Yeah. it's like well if you see something pervy in just being a young girl then yeah i think you've got a problem i think this is like you know slut drops and beatdowns i mean she's 25 that's fine. Hey, look, you, you're 25. You'd be sexy as you want. But to me, Thanks. there's something as, <laughs> there's something that I just go, I don't know about this. It's just like, I don't really enjoy um, either of those things particularly. I mean, I enjoy modern metalcore more than you. Absolutely. <laughs> Who doesn't? Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but um, this feels quite sloppy in a lot of places. Uh, the, the only time that it does work. There's a little bit on the first track where it goes to a kind of Queen style guitar line comes mm, in mm, and then it goes to kind of early Britney Spears pop. And I get that. Oh, okay. I that's think that can work. I think okay. that could work. But the kind of the metal girl, Stadexy girl shtick. <sighs> mm. No, thank you. This is interesting. I agree with you on some points. I disagree with you on others. Mm-hmm. Um, I think overall, Personally, I think this is more successful than Baby Metal because um, I suppose I'm viewing it as an album. Mm. But as an album, it's 35 minutes long and um, I don't think it all works. I certainly agree with you in terms of cohesiveness. And, you know, just to reiterate your point, this this is not a true hybridization. It is it is uh, metal part, then pop part, then industrial part then Queen guitar line part, mm. then Britney Spears pop part. You know, it, it it's it's it is just those bits joined together, joined together relatively well, but that isn't true hybrid music. No. You know, um, I think Baby Metal have never released of the three albums they've released. Baby Metal have never released an album where I don't get bored at some point because it's just full on Baby Metal gun. albums. Are- too long they're too long because they're between 50 they're all between 50 minutes and, and an hour the baby metal records i will say with this album there's nothing I, as good as karate on, on this record no i probably agree with that but but i i i don't get bored at any point like i don't put this on I, I don't love this record but i don't put it on and get bored at any point because it's no. 35 minutes and it's in and out and it's got a lot of ideas on it and um, there's a lot going on. I don't think it's all successful, but I th- I think it is, at the very least, very interesting. Um, and I think it is very interesting that Kerrang have put them on the cover. So um, I was going to say early in her career, but I suppose she's three records in. But but early in early. Well, certainly it's 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 the first time 
this has been... I mean, she did a song with Fever 333 last year. Yes, she did. And again, I thought that was, you know... I don't think I ever heard of, of it, monstros- Bit of a monstrosity, to be honest. But, okay. Um, yeah, I, yeah I, the thing is, I don't get bored by it. No. And in fact, there's actually parts of it where I find myself tapping my foot along. And there's times where I go like, actually, that qu- works quite well. There's a song... Um, Fill the Crown is quite good, only because mm-hmm. it sounds like a kind of weird Marilyn Manson mix with... It's got a Marilyn Manson backing vocal, but some of the music sounds yes. a bit like Dan Lesack and Scroobius Pip. If you yes. listen to that kind of cut-and-paste UK hip-hop that started about... Um, well, it didn't start, but became quite popular about 10 years ago. Yeah. I quite like that. It's quite a lot of 90s industrial on this, isn't it? Yeah, there? there is, to be fair. And... Um, Swap Marilyn Manson for Rob Zombie yeah. at certain points, and yeah, the, a lot of the industrial feels very nineties. And there's stuff influenced. like the, like the chorus where I disagree. I think is really good yeah, as well. Yeah. The title track. I, I think um, "Bite Your Teeth" is not miles away from the sort of thing that Devin Townsend could produce on one of his wackier. I do understand. Yeah. that. I mean, I'm not going to be annoyed by it because I think some people are like, "How dare you compare Devin Townsend to Genius?" I, I think he would have made a couple of different choices in terms of production for that song. But actually, that could be one of the madder moments from a deconstruction or even an empath. You know, mm. one of the more zany moments yeah. of Devon's I, I mean, stuff. I, I, yeah, I, I don't, again, to like to bring back what we were saying about Bring Me Horizon last week when I was like, you know, is it cynical? I mean, it's obviously, this isn't a cynical thing. It's obviously something that she wants to do. Yeah. Um, I don't really, I don't see it as a kind of, as a cynical market employee. I don't see it as, like, I don't want people like this in our scene. It's, she's a pop star and fuck off. Like, I don't feel like that either. Hmm. I just feel that, that, you know, it's two types of music. A bit like a day to remember. I think, well, you've got to be really, really good hmm. to be a sort of metalcore band. Uh, in amongst a sea of endless nothingness and you've got to be really good as a kind of female pop star um, and I don't think she's amazing at either of those things do you, I mean I, I wanted to ask you about this because you um, clearly know a lot more about pop music and especially pop, modern pop music than I do because mm. I listen to this and Whilst I'm not a fan of the sort of more saccharine poppy elements and the sort of bubblegum lyrics, let's say, sometimes literally bubblegum lyrics, I didn't, you know, so as I'm not an expert on the pop um, parts, but I didn't feel like any of it was bad or badly done. No, I don't um, think it's bad. I mean, a I lot of the it's... pop parts reminded me of Katy Perry, who's yeah. who's an artist who I personally am not interested in and I've never listened to. But at the same time, I don't listen to Katy Perry and go, oh God, she's awful. I think no, she's Katie brilliant at what she does. Yeah, Katy Perry's good. It's just not um, for me. And I feel like this isn't for me either. But mm. I can't fault it on a sort of intellectual... I can't fault the individual pop parts on an individual level personally. Uh, I think it's odd because it, it. I don't really feel like that type of pop is really very popular anymore. There's not really many mm. people coming out and making that type of pop music and being successful. I mean, when you look, I mean, we go back to who's been nominated at the Brits, mm. and it's Lana Del Rey mm. and you know, and 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 Lizzo. Mm. Um, Everything's cyclical, though. I mean, there's of no course reason it is. Yeah, yeah, of course it is, but it's not really. You know, Katy Perry's changed quite a lot. I guess yeah. Taylor Swift's new stuff doesn't really sound like this. And Taylor Swift is a cut above 
mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. for sure. Okay. Um, but I mean, even her Latin material, it doesn't really sound like, you know, this is the, the, a lot of this feels much more like, I don't even know because it's, it's, it's kind of not even teeny. It's like preschooly. A lot of the pop bits, aren't they? It's well nursery rhyme. Some of and the, that yeah. kind of like sucking my thumb and pretending I'm a little girl. Like, mm. That to me feels more icky. Let's use the word icky because I don't want to get too like baby metal. Never felt baby metal were young kids and they were like, Yeah, we like chocolate. And I always thought, oh, That's fine, that doesn't feel. Whereas Poppy's a 25 year old woman mm. and she's like, Oh, I love, oh, yeah, it's, it's all sugary sweet in my mouth. And I'm like, Oh, and then a big riff goes, Goom, goom, goom. And you're like, Oh, God, God you've made it sound really good. Yeah. Um, isn't she trying to be provocative isn't that why yeah but is that provocative i don't know i'm asking you i mean if it is then i mean if she's trying to be provocative then i mean i thought we were sort of past shit like that Mm, mm. do you know what i mean i didn't i thought the world was you know like i'm a whittle girl like no i think in a sort of post me too world do you really want girls sort of dressing in you know, pop socks and pretending they're at school and all that shit. Like, uh, uh, you know, and I'm not. Is I, she doing that? Or is well, that I've what not seen in? any pictures of her, just to mm. be clear. Mm. But in my head, I visualize her. Like when I hear that, like that quite sort of nursery rhymey, very, very like sort of innocent sounding. Like to me, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe this, maybe this is the same as what people were doing with baby metal. Uh, yeah. But, but I, I don't know. There's what... something about, there's something about, the, about modern Western pop music mm. to me, which always feels very, very, very over-sexualized. Mm. And I can't help but kind of uh, to join the dots on those things because that is what it's been like for so mm. long. Mm-hmm. That's what so much modern pop music is about. There's definitely, I mean, there is definitely a sort of sweet, innocent delivery on a lot of the pop bits i would say mm. um i mean she can do all the scream stuff as well um or that i mean they clearly get other people in for some bits of that but you know she can't do all that um i don't know what that would be like live i mean i do i do very much think that this is a pop artist who is um taking a step into the metal world um, yeah, for sure. and and probably by the sounds of it i think she's chameleonic or wanting to be chameleonic at the very least and so this may be the only metal record she does or, or the, the, you know, I, I, I'm pretty sure from listening to the uh, Dampy Carter interview and from watching a couple of interviews on YouTube that um, her next album will be completely different from this, I would imagine. And I think that's what she wants to do in, in the same tradition as the David Bowie's and the Madonna's and so on and so forth. And, you know, I... I don't. I don't. You, you said that the metal elements were fairly bog standard. I. I don't think. I think sometimes they're actually quite good. I think they're very digital and very processed. There's nothing analog about it's, this record at all. It's bloody. It, it is that deathcore 101. Um, some of it is. Um, but a I think there are, are there maybe a lot of it, but I think there are, there are bits that I do go, wow, that is pretty fucking meaty. And that is pretty well done in a digitized pro tool to fucked kind of mm. pro tool to fucked kind of way. 
you know, um, which is more down to my taste than anything else. Yeah. Um, which is my issue with a lot of metalcore as well, funnily enough. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't think, I think, I think she and her collaborators clearly have a fairly strong understanding of metal and how it works. I don't think definitely it's definitely modern metalcore. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's, yeah, I, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, I just feel like, yeah, you know. I, but it is manufactured. It, yeah. Like, it's massively manufactured. And to be, to give her credit, I think she would be the first person to admit that. But then mm. I was thinking about this, and I thought this might open an interesting topic conversation. You know, I was thinking back to some of her influences, and of course, a lot of the David Bowie stuff was manufactured. Marilyn Manson is manufactured. It's just manufactured in a different sort of yeah, sense and a different way. But she's a pop star, yeah. I yeah, mean, she's a no, pop star. I don't star. care, like, ultimately, what comes out of the speakers is, is the only important thing yeah 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 yeah, yeah. like the, the, i mean the biggest one you mentioned that is a sex pistol you, you didn't mention the sex pistols you know the sex pistols are not a fucking a, a, oh yeah 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 you know, yeah, like yeah, yeah. As fucking manufactured as, as any band ever yeah, 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 yeah. um but the fucking album's still amazing mm. um uh, and i actually think you know if, if we'd have reviewed this after i'd given it one listen I would be, you know, I would be very, very unhappy with it. Right. Um, okay. But it's it's grown on me. I'm it's not going to say it's not bit. grown on me. Yeah. Because it has. I still feel like I don't want it to particularly to grow on me. <laughs> I still feel kind of, I think morally opposed makes me sound like a real cock. To be, <laughs> and I'm aware of that. Like, and I've probably said some things that are a little bit, unf- maybe may well be a little bit unfair. I think that the end of Don't Go Outside with which has got a really sugary melody, but with quite a lot of kind of crushing noise off the back of it. It kind of ends with all this like feedback and stuff and Mm. her singing over the top of it. And I was like, see, that's good. Mm. I can kind of get with that a little bit, but I don't know. There's just something about how, yeah, you're right. How unorganic it sounds and how it's sort of taken two things, which I think on their own can kind of just exist on their own and be, pretty average mm. and have kind of come together to make something which feels it doesn't feel, no, i was gonna say it feels cynical but it doesn't feel cynical i can't really put my finger on what I, the problem is i think i, think, it, the, I the think the mediums are just not right i think by bringing those two things together i think it makes it more interesting but it doesn't necessarily make them better yeah that's is what fair. i would say yeah so and you know i think this i think this record is all right and i think people younger than you and me i think a lot of people younger than you and me we talk about this quite a lot people brought up on the streaming uh the streaming generation let's say who you know have had access to anything they want to listen to for their for the majority of their lives or teenage years will um get this more than we old cynics i don't think that's true renfrey you know i I, I think that's a real cop-out i think that's a really easy cop-out thing to say trying to cop out all right Right, do you know what i mean to just go oh oh, how would we know like you know it's not like shit like this didn't exist (laughs) do you know what i mean like you've mentioned madonna and david bowie you've mentioned artists that she's influenced by like it's not like this didn't exist before but david bowie didn't take um uh, a, a genre style play it for 20 seconds and then bolt on another genre no, style no but plenty of other people have done in the past plenty of other people have done in the past I mean fucking in hell, that I, cut and paste fashion mm, well I, I think you can I think go that's back, a very modern trope to, in music well, I don't know I think you can go back to someone like Primus 
if you look, listen to some of Primus's earlier material where they literally do stop and start and and I think you listen to some of the Chariot have done that before. I know that's obviously going a little bit um, further into the future. I think mm. you know there's plenty of jazz musicians, plenty of like metal bands that have been influenced by jazz. You could listen to the, the Dillinger Escape Plan or a band who did that early on in their career quite a lot. Maybe what I mean is like yes, I I, I can see what you're saying with all of those bands, but they don't make it that isn't like their thing. This feels like with Poppy and it feels like there's a few artists like this coming out. Okay. And I don't think that makes it better. I think it actually makes no, no, it worse. I, but just because <laughs> it's, it's their thing, just because mm. that's your shtick. I mean, that's all it is. It's just a shtick. Well, like, let's yeah, not pretend like this is... It's you a know, yeah. Yeah, that's not, not pretend like this is like, we're going, I've never heard anything like this before. I have no, heard stuff like no, this No, no, no. I don't the think it's The fucking Discharge album is seven years old now. Mm-hmm. And... Mm-hmm. That and even a new version, you know, I heard that and went, well, this is really weird. But it's not like I've gone, I've never heard anything like sure, this before. Sure, sure, sure. So yeah, I think yeah. that is a massive cop-out to just go like, how are we meant to know? When we, when it used to be, everything was three minutes long when we were growing up and it was just pops. <laughs> I was like, bullshit. I think what I mean is mm, simply that... Um, Standards have slipped. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I mean. Those generate, uh, there's a generation of people who have grown up lis- like putting on playlists which will have you know this is this is why ammo is like people who respond to ammo and bring me what bring me are doing are tend to be younger people for the most part because they do they have that whole playlist mentality yeah that's fine but you know that's I'm, fine. I'm not saying that someone older could not get this i just when i listen to this i feel really old and i just go this isn't for me yeah i suppose i do as well yeah there you go. But then, I, but I do think that is a little bit of a, you know, we listen to fucking 300 albums or something every year. Mm-hmm. I've been listening to 300 albums every year for God knows how long. You know, like, that would infuriate me if somebody said, wow, you're just old, you don't get it. It's like, I, mm-hmm. it, th- mm-hmm. this is not new. No. Like, it's like people, people on, it's a, again a bit of a deviation, but when I said something about when Tool, when, when Tool knocked Taylor Swift off the top of the charts, and a load of 17-year-olds were going, look at all the 40-year-old men are going to be unhappy. But Taylor Swift is probably closer in age to those people yeah. than than that she is to you. She's, <laughs> yeah, th- yeah, she's yeah. been around for fucking... It's not making yeah. out like she's new. She's not new. Mm. Like, are you mad? Just because you're young and you've just heard something, <laughs> you think that no one else has ever heard it before. Come on. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm so, certainly not saying that this is new or yeah, anything like that. It's, it's just... just it's just what it is. It is what uh, it is. It is what it is. Anyway, that's why I disagree by Poppy. <laughs> Cheers, guys. We binned off the Sylvain EP for that. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. Um, let's talk about about a Bart. A Bart. Let's talk about um, Gargantua Toward the Sun. This is, I believe, the debut full length record. Mm. I think you the can't... PR notes said it was the third album, but I didn't bother to check it. Well, I, I assume they, they were EPs, but they might just be albums because uh, tracks don't make any difference. You just never know these days. Because they're long, aren't they? They're a bit, they're yeah. a doom band. So basically, all right, let's, it, it's, it's the third release, certainly. Yeah. Um, but I didn't know if this was considered an album, the other two are EPs. Yeah, I feel Obviously, like this, this is definitely an album. This is like four oh, yeah, minutes, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Uh, Leicester-based Doommongers out on Holy, Holy Raw. Yes. Um, Finer quality. Absolutely Usually. a sign of quality. Um, we've done a bit of doom 
in the past. We've we? done a bit of doom in the I past. I think you and I both quite like a bit of doom, Renfrey. Is um, that fair? Do you know what? Uh, I'm going to... No. <laughs> oh. so, so I like... Um, I'm very, 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 very particular about my doom. Very, very particular. Um, I like yeah, Paul. You like a bit of it. I like a little bit of it. I like a little bit of Paul Baron. I like a little bit of Elder. Um, I tend Ooh, to... I like Elder. I wouldn't call him a doom band, personally, but continue. There's doomy elements in Elder. Well, yeah, there are. Um, but generally, nine times out of ten, doom... Uh, just, I mean, this is going to sound strange coming from someone who likes post-rock, but Doom just doesn't move forward quickly enough for me. Um, yes, and fair. I get bored very, very quickly mm-hmm. with, I would say, 90% of the Doom bands that I listen to. I even I, find Sleep a bit boring. And yeah. they're meant to be like the ultimate Doom band. Kind of. Not everything they've done is great. No, but, um, no. Holy Mountains. It's very good. Fucking ace. You uh, know, I saw it at, uh, watching it at Roadburn. I was a bit like, there's bits of this which are a bit boring. But anyway. I think you've got to really love Doom to really love Doom. Yes. Yes. And I am definitely not one of those people. But I can, I like it in bits and pieces. I've come to realise, I used to really like it, but I've come to realise that, yeah, it's been a long time since I've had a Doom, something that would come under Doom that Mm. I've I've really liked. I'll give give you an example. Man of Weed Wizard Bastard. Oh, that's a that's a good. Although, yes, and and Mammoth Weed Wizard Busters definitely are doomy, but they have they're like half doom, half prog. Yeah, uh, I suppose Elder you could argue is half doom, half prog as well, and and that's suddenly seventy thirty, seventy thirty maybe. Yeah. But that that suddenly makes me kind of more interested generally, mm. um, and uh, there are proggy elements in some of this album. Um, it feels like it sort of uh, does like. Proggy Doom Song, Doom Song, Proggy Doom Song, Doom Song. Well, I, I, what I like about this, actually, if, we, if we're now going into it, which I think we are, I think is we have. Um, how the, the really metal elements of it. Because oh. Doom isn't, Doom is metal, obviously, but Doom isn't always, it's heavy, but it's a different type of heavy to heavy metal heavy. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's yeah. metal, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's, you know, Doom is quite crushing and, you know, like you say, slow and crushing and constrictive, isn't it? It's just like, uh, and it's just in your in your face and in your sort of, you know, it's all around you all the time. Kind mm-hmm. of, It feels just like this a bleak black feels, nothingness. feels more like an atmosphere. Than yes. A, than a... Whereas me- heavy metal, the sort of bombast and power of heavy metal there yeah. that kind of chest thumping heavy metal mm. um you listen to a song like Lightbearer on this mm. and for me which i think is a great song mm. fucking great song uh has got a lot of pure heavy metal power to it and i like that about this record that it does utilize that a bit i have the exact opposite view to you. <laughs> yeah i like this band when they are when they bring in proggier elements um but when it's more sort of traditional doom i get a bit bored Lightbearer is Lightbearer and maya are the two songs that i wrote down as as songs where i'm like oh, I'm a bit bored by this now i see that um certainly Lightbearer. uh my yeah my, i like maya as well i mean i like we said i think you have to really like doom yes. to like doom and yes. i think this is the sort of album that i can never imagine 
really loving. Yeah, I, because I, it is, me, it is say, ultimately yeah. a doom album. Like, yeah. I don't think I'm ever going to be like, oh man, that fucking Toward the Sun is the great album. Like, mm. oh, it's so great. But I do like it. But like, when it's on, I it it certainly kept my attention fucking far more than you know a lot of these records mm. I've heard in the past. I mean, I've just sort of not really bothered with many doom bands recently because I feel like we've 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 done it this is it's it's happened yeah i feel like i mean oh this is probably really controversial to massive doom heads but when you've got bands like paul bearer i'm just kind of like how do you get it much better than that do you know what i mean i mean yeah last paul bearer is great yeah and like and i i when when i like this i really like it i would say it's a 48 minute record and i would say that i really like probably almost exactly half of it but it is the proggier elements uh, and the proggiest stuff I would say songs like The New Sun, Transcendence, Controlling Waves. It's when they go a little bit more kind of um, experimental and proggy, I guess. And yeah, um, um, I just feel the, you know, I do like this record like you do, but I like it for the exact opposite yeah, reasons. See, like I, I, I think that's fair because the, the times where I sort of find myself checking my watch a bit are the times where it's not really raging how oh, interesting yeah. i would say the exact opposite right, okay. <laughs> that's interesting we're different guys. taste look how much room for like swiping a death punch. um yeah. yeah you know i know i mean it's good it's a good it's, this is a good record i mean particularly for a type of a genre of music which i've sort of fallen out of love with to be honest yeah I, I, uh, i'm the same then i think it is it's made me go yeah i would listen to this again i, I mean i'm literally like you put you said paul bearer i think paul bearer actually did quite a different type of thing it's far more melodic do. isn't it yeah yeah, yeah. um with yes the exception i agree of, actually. with the exception of mammoth weed wizard bastard i can't think of a band that come under that umbrella that i would that i've wanted to listen to in recent years yeah in the last few years no neither can i yeah. to be honest i mean um, i to be I, I like oms maybe yeah i mean again are oms are doomed like they well, feel a little bit more again they feel i'm clutching at straws slightly yeah mm. i i kind of put oms and boss keloid down but boss keloid i feel like i'm really clutching at straws yeah because yeah. yeah. they're I, mean, I, I much prefer sort of sludge i guess new orleans sludge i'm the same yeah yeah i tend to prefer sludge however if you do really like doom if you end if you go to roadburn every single year and the doomier bands are the sorts of things that you really really like at that roadburn i think this is probably really really good it's just i don't think it's maybe suited to our tastes personally but yeah no I, i mean it is good yeah it's undoubtedly good yeah 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 it is good yeah uh, it's just, as you said, it's not something that I can. I can't get really, really excited about it. No. What I can do is say, it's they're very good at doing a type of music which I'm not mad keen on, and they're also very good at making that type of music um, a little bit more interesting than than most bands do. Yep. Certainly, like I say, you know, when they go into the more proper metal bits, proper metal, those bits that are proper riffy proper metally proper like hard and heavy um I, i'm i i think they're really good at that living up to your brand thank you <laughs> i like the proggy stuff but yeah i mean living yeah up to yours i'm living brand. up to mine <laughs> fucking brand um anyway yeah but they're yeah, good good yeah. record all the same i think you know like i if you're listening and you're sitting there and you know like your favorite band of fucking cathedral then yeah 
get on it. Yeah, 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 um, that is Gargantua toward the sun. The final uh, release we're going to talk about this week comes from Pressure Cracks. It's an EP called This Is Called Survival. It is the second EP from the Fever 333 frontman Jason Butler's straight up hardcore band. Pretty mm. much. We like Jason Butler. I love Jason Butler. You love Jason Butler. I love you Jason like Butler. His pretty crap band. We've I'll discussed this a lot. Yeah. yeah, we have. Um, now, Renfrey. Uh, do you think this is straight up hardcore? Yeah, relatively. Yes. I, I think do. I think um I think compared to Jason's other projects, yes. Yes, I I I think this is a a a really good version of quite modern hardcore. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, did you listen to the first Pressure Cracks album? Uh, I EP? did when it came out. Uh, I can't remember anything about it. Yeah, I'm pretty. I have the a same. horrible feeling that I'll go. This is really good, and then never listen to it again because he's got so much other stuff that I would. If someone goes to me, what Jason Butler you're going to listen to? Uh, wow, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Well, I I remember listening to the first Pressure Cracks EP and being like, oh, cool. Um, I'm really happy that Jason's still having, you know, he's still got one foot in that aggressive hardcore punk thing because, let's face it, he's really fucking good at it. Um, but not being mega excited beyond that. I just thought it was it was a cool release and I liked it. Mm. Um I think this is a massive step up and I've gone from um you know being vaguely interested in pressure cracks to now really really wanting a full length album because I think the quality of this EP is way beyond the quality of the first one. It probably is because I mean as I said I don't remember the first one at all. This first one is, is very forgettable to be honest. Yeah, this is very good. Yeah, it's really yeah, it's good. really good. It's really it's, good. Um, Abrasive, dissonant punk, kind of, well, hardcore, hardcore punk yeah. in the mould of every time I die. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I think his voice makes a hell of a difference. Yeah. Because I tried to imagine it without the voice. And it, I mean, song structurally, you know, it's it's not, it's pretty basic, really hardcore. Like the actual music for it, it's not a million miles away from Madball. Just lots of crush, lots of thump, lots of cranking, lots of beatdowns, lots of fucking chug. You know, it's it's not the, you know, I mean, I was about to say it's not Let Live. Obviously, it's not Let Live and it's not meant to be Let Live. Mm. Um, that's fine. You know, I, I like, straight, this I is like definitely, straight down the line. Yeah. Just fucking thud and crushing. Blah, blah, blah. I would and have you, been really surprised if we'd come in here and you said you didn't like this. No, I, I do like stunned. it. Yeah, yeah, I do yeah. like this it. This is right up your street. Yes, yeah, it's, it's really good. But what it's got is, you know, I think, there was a bunch of bands that we talked about last year who released, you know, there was a lot of EPs that came out last year from quite a lot of good young British bands uh, who released some really good sort of heavy debut EPs. Um, you know, Creature, I think we mentioned. Mm -hmm. um, uh, well, obviously Lotus Eater were another mm -hmm. one as well. Mm -hmm. And um, those bands are really, really good. And I think this is of a similar type and probably of a similar quality. But what it has, which puts it kind of just sort of gets over the fence is Jason is amazing in it. Mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. Jason is fucking great. And his voice, when he screams, when he really, really goes for it, is, it was lovely to hear that totally wild again. Because I think even you have to admit, as someone who likes Fever 333, mm -hmm. even the heavy bits and even the heavier songs on Fever 333 have never, ever got to the point of the heavier songs on any of the Let Live records. Um, uh, yeah, no, I, I, I mean, I certainly think this is the 
probably the heaviest thing Jason's put his name to, and this is around about as heavy as Let Live got. But this is this is like as heavy as Let Live got for twelve minutes straight, kind yeah. of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so yes, no, I think in a roundabout way, yes, I do agree. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I agree with pretty much everything you said. Bar, I, I think I would, I think this is ever so musically. If you took Jason out of it, I think this is ever so slightly above average. But I think Jason really pushes it into. Oh, this is really fucking good kind of territory. No, I never meant that the songs were average. Okay. I just meant that what they do is you've you've heard You've heard it everything they do. You've you've definitely sure. heard before. And you know, just to be clear, that, that it doesn't bother me at all. No, but it is good, really well done, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's yeah. the thing. It's really well done. It's quite dissonant in places. Um as I said, there's bits of every time I die. I think bits of Poison the Well, maybe, mm-hmm. bits of Jesus Peace. Um but but you know, fronted by Jason Butler, fronted by one of the best frontmen this century. Yeah. So that's really exciting. Even a little bit. Do you know? What it reminded me a little bit of mm-hmm. Ghost of a Thousand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Who I love, mm-hmm. by the way. Yep. Uh, long forgotten Brighton-based noughties hardcore band. Yep. For those who don't remember them, they're really good. Uh, yeah. I know this is very good. I think it's sad to think that because you know. Um, I don't think you're one of these people, but a lot of people have very strongly taken against Fever Three Three Three. Um, I'm and those people. Well, 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 no, 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 <laughs> I haven't finished. A lot of people have strongly taken against Fever Three Three Three, and as a result, will probably judge everything Jason does and tar it with a oh, that'll be shit brush. And it's kind of ironic because I think a lot of those people. It, you know, if they didn't know Jason was involved in this, we'd probably listen to this and think it was fucking brilliant. Mm. Uh, it's just a bit of a shame, really. But there you go. Mm. Um, but um, oh, I don't know. I feel like everyone wants Jason to do well, don't they? Not some of the conversations that I have had with people, but yeah, it depends. Who you been who, talking to? Uh, well, I don't really want to say on the show, but I'll tell you afterwards. Name and shame, Renfrey. <laughs> Name and shame. Uh, anyway, yeah, no, I like it. I think it's really good. You I know, really it's four like tracks, it. it's 12 minutes. It sounds like a hardcore band, but with, you know, one of the best vocalists in the last yeah. fucking 15 years. Yeah. Right, right, really good. Every time it finishes, I want to hear more. And I yeah. think that's a very, very good indication. And that's what you want from an EP. And, and I do really... After listening to the first EP, I was like, "Yeah, cool, I like that." Now, after listening to this EP, I'm like, "I want a full length album now." Yeah, please. me too. I'd like so. a full length album. Bin off Fever Three Two Three and do this instead, <laughs> if you like. Uh, so anyway, that is this is called Survival by Pressure Cracks. Let's do the first trade off of the decade. Right. Uh, we're back. Um, so I don't know who wants to go first uh, because I feel both like there's quite a lot to talk about on both these records. Yeah, so, I agree. Um, I gave you One Second by Paradise Lost. Mm. Um, you gave me Shadows Collide with People by John Frusciante. Mm. Um, I think... Oh, yeah, let's talk about One Second first. I okay. Um, so, uh, Paradise Lost, the sixth album by the Yorkshire Doom Merchants. Mm. Sort of. More Doom, <laughs> not really. Uh, from 1997, the follow-up to the classic Draconian Times and mm. the first time, really, that the band had given up on doom metal for a more electronic and gothy sound, which having just spoken um, fairly at length about doom, um, probably feels like a good idea for a band six albums in their career to try and do something like that. Um, Lots of Depeche Mode in this. Lots of Depeche Mode in this, yeah. Uh, uh, Cure? Cure? A little bit, yeah, a little Mm. tiny bit. Um, 
Paradise Lost were getting called the UK's Metallica only a couple of years prior to, re- to the release of this record after Draconian Times took them to uh, yeah. the main stage at the Last Never Monsters, the Rock Festival. I was about to say that that was primarily because of Draconian Times, wasn't yes, it, really? Yes. Which is a wonderful album. I was going to say, Draconian Times, great record. Mm. Um, your relationship with paradise lost as a band then for you mentioned last week i like the one with skulls on. yes which is called the plague within mm-hmm. um i looked that up because i didn't think it was good enough to say the one with skulls on especially for a band who are predominantly a metal band um uh my relationship is they are a band that i've been aware of pretty much since i've been listening to metal but didn't actually properly listen to until i received a promo for the plague within okay funnily enough yeah Yeah. um and you just you know when you just have those bands which have a really vast back catalogue and you're just like i'll get round to them at some point Mm. but when i get into bands i really want to listen to everything that they've done so i'm aware that kind of um in a, in a way that that makes me leave the bigger bands with a vast back catalogue for later because I go, oh, that's going to be a big investment in my time. And Paradise Lost was just one of those bands. But then when I got The Plague Within sent to me as a promo, uh, I was like, well, this is probably a good opportunity to go on on this. And um, really liked it. Really liked mm. The Plague Within. Um, liked the, the follow-up to that Medusa. Not quite as much, but still thought it was very good. Um, and then I went back to Draconian Times because that's the one that everyone said was the classic. Mm-hmm. And this one second now is the fourth, now the fourth Paradise Lost record I've listened to. Great. Um, for the record, I I really do. Uh, Paradise Lost are another band. I mean, it's funny, again, to sort of reference what we were talking about earlier. Uh, I don't love Paradise Lost in the same way as I love A New Nurse by the Trailer Dead. But Paradise Lost are one of those bands who I don't listen to often. And then I go and then I put on symbol of life or icon or draconian times or gothic or you know or this and i go oh fuck me they're great aren't they they're fucking great Mm. like what a great band um and particularly i think i tweeted while we're doing this paradise lost that run of from 1990 to 1997 uh an excellent run basically up to host and like annoyingly host which was the album that came after this and took them even further down this road oh really uh, was critically panned right beyond belief um and was sort of seen as their death knell um i think paradise lost did quite a clever thing here because as i said being compared to the uk's metallica um just as new metal and all that it involved was about to drop was probably not a bad idea to try and you know uh get away from the traditional metal ideology and vibe and style and certainly embrace the, something else I certainly mean, the idea of paradise lost turning new metal which lesser bands would have done mm-hmm. is is not a good one is it really yeah i mean it's hard to say that yes that absolutely did work for them because it felt like there were a few years where you know the hair got cut and they started wearing you know shirts and leather trousers oh, and, right, and okay. stuff in it and it all became yeah uh, it was a bit Depeche Mode, but on a budget sort of thing. And right. The music didn't always add up to that. But there was that this brief little period where Draconian Times, this classic record that everyone was sort of tipping them for such massive things for, had ended. And then they came back with one second and confused a lot of people. And the record itself, I think, and I'll talk, I'll see what you think in a minute. I think it's a a brilliant record. Mm. And I remember it coming out and thinking, what's the problem with this? It's great. 
and it didn't really get that well received but did it not because uh, i i didn't i was gonna look this up and then i decided i'd just have you tell me instead because i thought it'd be a bit a more interesting conversation yes well um i think it got quite a good review in kerrang initially okay and then they put soul courageous on a kerrang cd which would probably be the first Paradise Lost song I ever heard, I think, would be Soul Courageous oh, right. okay. uh, on, on a Kerrang CD. And then I heard Sage's Words, which is obviously an absolutely massive, massive song and probably the closest thing they've ever had to a hit. Mm-hmm. I saw that on Super Rock with Julia Vallée um, on mm-hmm. MTV. If any of you remember that, you probably I don't. might do. Do you not? No. Oh, man. It was after Headbangers Ball finished and they replaced oh, right. it with Super Rock okay. with um, Julia Vallée, who was a very pretty French lady mm-hmm. uh, who sat in a hotel room um sort of like a kind of trashed after party of uh of a of some sort of rock after party um and yeah she said as in, in that room. was like the set yeah yeah the set was like this sort of dank hotel room and it had like you know broken champagne glasses and bottles and stuff and it was like she sort of sat in this hotel room and she spoke in kind of faux poet poetic like this kind of hoity-toity really like she <laughs> would be something ridiculous like like we why does the world have to be so negative we long for positivity but the only type oh get is negative here's the <laughs> new video from typo and she and it and it was it was shit right it was rubbish it oh was really it was really shit it's probably on youtube you can awful. probably listen to you can probably go and watch it of super rock on um on youtube but anyway i saw the video for one second and i was like this is a fucking rager mm-hmm. um and then it became the first product Lost album that i got mm, okay. uh i think it's aged really really well mm. uh they brought out its 20th anniversary remastered edition a couple of years ago yes uh it but yeah but but as time progressed and especially after host came out and then um after host became um uh believe in nothing which got b- even panned even more i mean really? that got 1k that definitely got 1k in kerrang because paradise lost brought out a t-shirt that said uh, dave everly's a cunt i think it said oh yes of course they did and, i remember this um, yeah yeah believe in nothing and then symbol of i think symbol of life was after that yeah uh, which is actually really good it's got an amazing cover of small town boy by bronski beat which is really really good but yes i, I you know it, it became a thing like one second was the moment where power, that's when they sold out and look at them now they're a fucking state they're trying to be a pop band and it you know it never really happened for them uh all that aside it's not really about me it's about you Renfrew. What it's all you, about it's me all about you what do you think of the record i think overall this is a very good album i was a little mm-hmm. bit um i was a little bit trepidatious because um sometimes you've given me records where a band have uh, massively changed their signature style and it's not been very successful mm-hmm. i was uh, so i was a little bit trepidatious but overall i thought this was really good i uh, certainly when i put the first song on which i can't remember the name of now one second there we go um i was like oh yeah this is cool i had a one yeah absolutely i had a little dip um the single that they released from this song the second track sage's words yeah banger uh just ever so slightly the wrong size of cheese for me um, oh, really? okay. only just and i'm being a little picky um um a band who i kind of have think have had a similar progression to paradise lost i guess i don't know if i'd compare the two certainly now anyway but um 
uh, I always feel like um, Anathema were the mm-hmm. sort of the band that I took to my heart a little bit more than yeah. Paradise Lost. Um, and um, poor my dying bride, <laughs> been left out of this. Although <laughs> um, we'll be reviewing the new by my dying bride in a few weeks. I yes, we will. Um, but um, uh, yeah, Anathema. Um, anathema balance on a very very thin line between brilliance and cheese quite a lot and occasionally fall over into the cheese bracket a little bit too much and it just reminded me of that so i was kind of like i'm still fond of it but i don't love it kind of thing but then but then it got really good again um and i really like that for for a for the, the the main influences for this album are things which i respect a lot of stuff that you've uh, introduced me to um but i wouldn't go as far as to say that i l- love and listen to regularly well, that's what i was going to kind of ask you about really is it considering this album is in most people you know commercially speaking definitely a far less successful version of a bunch of stuff which came out in the 80s which you don't really care for that much Oh, which I've got a lot of respect for, but I don't tend to listen to. Mm. Don't tend to choose to listen I'd to. I'd be yeah. interested. I was interested if you would just go, um, oh, see it for what most people called it at the time, which is just like, why are you jumping on the Depeche Mode train? Why are you jumping on the, you know, like the 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 Cure? Or I mean, yeah, probably less the Cure to be fair. But I think there's a bit of Cure, Sisters of Mercy, and stuff mm, like that. Mm. I actually heard a bit of um, typo in this as well. Actually, yeah, a little bit, yeah. um, especially in Mercy, mm. um, but. Um, I mean, the thing is, is I know you're not strictly saying this, but at that time, I don't think Depeche Mode, I mean, Depeche Mode and The Cure and all that sort of stuff weren't cool or popular then. So it doesn't really... Depeche Mode actually, you know, uh, it would have been um, uh, Delta is the name of the record that came out then. I had Walking In My Shoes, which is a massive hit. Okay. Uh, So yeah, Depeche Mode I will defer to you. But the, but let's say new wave, synth wave, whatever you want to call yeah. it, that kind of thing. I because that was the previous decades thing. Yeah. It's usually the thing that is seen as un, is uncool is what has just been kind mm. of thing, isn't it? Nine times out of ten, mm. and you know, synth wave was very much an eighties thing. We were now in the nineties. I mean, going towards the noughties or whatever you want to call it. But you know, I don't think the majority of that sort of Duran Duran were oh yeah Duran Duran were in considered cool at all in the 90s like Mm. they in fact they were considered the total opposite of cool it's funny I was nearly going to give you a Duran Duran album for next week but I just thought I can't do that two weeks give you something like that two weeks running so um, I'm going to save that and the one that I was going to give you was from the 90s ah yeah but we'll we'll, we'll definitely do that one day okay Um, but no for the most part I really enjoyed this i thought i thought um bar uh say no words that is the say, say just, just words sorry bar say just words um i thought like the first two thirds of it were excellent mm. mainly yeah. like um i kind of tire of it a little bit towards the end but i think that is probably more due to it not being to my tastes more than the quality dipping oh no i think the first half is definitely the best Oh, yeah. Ah, okay. I, well, I in think that case. personally, mm. I mean, I, I like the record a lot. It's not my favorite. I mean, what's sort of funny about this is it's not my favorite Paradise Lost record at all. No, but I do think it's it's really good, and we, it's got a little. And I think it's it's interesting. Like, I nearly gave you Host because Host was the only 
was it the only i think it was yeah i think it was the only major label record they released oh right um what did that come out hand um it was i think it was virgin virgin emi oh. um in fact let me double check that i'll be able to check that for you in two seconds but yeah host came out two years after this and and you say um, that was even more down and got absolutely and it's, and it's just not yeah it came out on emi and it's just the thing is is it got slated and it got kind of rightly slated because it's not okay. it's not a good record, I don't think. It's what about probably, the album after that, the one K? Um, Believe in nothing. Yeah, that's not great either. Is that the same? Is that still that this electronica path? Or? Yeah, not to the extent of. I mean, host is the one. It's weird because I think as time has gone on, people point at host and mm. go, "That's the worst one" because it was the major label one, and it's certainly the most poppy one. Mm. certainly mm. the poppiest mm. one mm. um yeah host is not really very good okay. i have to say uh believe in nothing i isn't great either but i've not listened to that for a very very long time but i have i i often go back to host because i'm like it can't be as bad as everyone makes out and i really want i kind of that contrary part of me really wants to like host just to go no it is good because because i like that type of music and i was always like this is just metal fans being wankers do you know mm, what i mean mm, mm. but uh, i think we might have it right on, right, <laughs> on okay. that occasion i don't um, think i think anyone who says that you know i know you're talking about host there but anyone that would say that one second is a bad record I, I would be like no i don't think it is a bad record i can understand like truthfully of the four paradise lost records i've listened to it probably is my least favorite but that's more down to my taste rather than the actual mm. quality of the record well certainly draconian times is yeah the best one the plague within is pretty fucking shit hot as well i mean the only the uh, the only maybe i prefer this to medusa i've not listened to medusa for a while actually See, i but... didn't really care much for medusa i have to no? say no oh, I, I thought, thought it was plague within good. was all right i mean i would say if you like if you like those two um I think in Requiem is really good. I think Faith Divides Us, Death Unites Us is really good as okay. well. But, you know, they didn't really... Plague Within was the first one, I think, where Nick went back to growly, growly vocals. Like, yeah. You should probably listen to Gothic. I mean, Gothic. Yeah. The, Isn't that the... F- no, that's the second one. Second, yeah. yeah. Gothic's, you know, the, the best, for me, is the best at them doing the Doom thing. When okay. they were well doomy. Um, but yeah, that run of Gothic Shades of God icon, Draconian Times One Second, I think is really fucking strong. All of them are really, really good. But particularly, you know, like Gothic is... I'm not even that fussed, but like, I don't think Gothic's great, to be honest, because I just don't... I, I, would ra- I would rather listen to something that sounds like One Second than something that sounds like Gothic, personally, mm-hmm. because I like that type of music more. Um, but Draconian Times... Draconian Times an icon good yeah really good like metal records i think um and yeah they're they're they've it's been a really interesting career that that paradise lost have had uh and this is part of the reason why i think their career has been so interesting is because of you know the how many iterations of what they they do and what they've done and you know as i said having just spoken about doom and the limitations of doom this is why a band like Paradise Lost are, uh, are so revered, I think, because yeah. they they just refused to to be pigeonholed in any way. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Even when they went back to go in, you know, they're like, well, we're not a kind of synthy, gothy, you know, band anymore. I mean, they 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 could support um, High on Fire, and I mean, I or Danzig. 
Yeah. Like, I mean, I saw them supporting Danzig. Oh, right. Yeah. I think they supported Sisters of Mercy. They supported Danzig. And, you know, and they, but they probably, if they were going to do stuff from Medusa or, you know, the early part of their career, they could play, they could play at Roadburn or something, I think. Surely Paradise Lost have played Roadburn, haven't probably they? Probably have. I mean, yeah. I don't know. But I'm just saying that, like, they, they would fit in. I don't know this for a fact, but it, I, I would be, I would be somewhat surprised if they hadn't, to be honest. Okay. They, they feel very much like a Roadburn band. Yeah, I think so. Anyway, um, there you go. That is it. Uh, one Second by Paradise Lost. Good. Um, Mate, get on the old Paradise Lost back catalogue. Mm, yeah, yeah. Um, Gothic first—is that what you're saying? I think for you, if you like Medusa, yeah, I'll go for Gothic. I mean, really, Draconian Times first, but yeah, they, those I've got, I've heard Draconian Times. It's great. I know you have, yeah. but I'm just saying that, like, oh, that's the, that is the best. That is the best one. But yeah, those first kind of three or four are really good. And then there's ones in the mid noughties as well that are good. They're a good band. Um, Shadows collide with people. You gave me by John Frusciante, mm. released on the 24th of February 2004. The Fourth studio album, yes, by the former and now current Red Hot Chili Peppers guitarist. Former, current, former, current, former, former current. Yeah, 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 like former, current, former. Yep, current. Um, uh, yeah, you gave me this, Renfrew. It's his fourth album. It feels like John Frusciante has released more albums than Paradise Lost. It, well, quite possibly, yes. Uh, yeah. I, we mentioned this last week, but there was that year where he released eight albums in a year something along those lines mm. it was really rather ridiculous um that seems excessive it was uh, very silly yeah i mean it, excessive is a, a good word for this okay uh, really isn't it because this is an hour it's nine, definitely too long 19 songs yeah um, uh, 18 isn't it well it's got no 19 and um huh. and uh it's got stuff on it that doesn't need to be definitely doesn't need to be there (laughs) yeah um Um, go on talk to me about this record before i well i I suppose i mean i partly gave you this because of the news of john frusciante being back in the band but i've always maintained that john frusciante is by far my favorite element of the red hot chili peppers and actually so often i get frustrated with the chilies because there is this element in the chilies that I love, uh, which is sort of um, surrounded by elements that I like a lot less, mm. uh, to say the least. Anthony Kiedis. <laughs> and mainly Anthony Kiedis, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but even, I mean, you know, controversially, even even Flea, I think, who is clearly a phenomenal talent and phenomenal bassist, mm. just overplays way too much, you know. Like, mm. he knows he's amazing, you know, and... and uh, sometimes when he's reined in and blah anyway we're not talking about chilies um but chad smith and john frusciante are easily my two favorite elements of chilies by a long 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 way um and i just think you know i prefer john frusciante's voice to anthony keeds's voice i think he's you know i don't think he's an incredible vocalist but compared to anthony i mean i think most people compared to anthony key this would be sound good Mm. but i think i think i actually do think he's a better vocalist than anthony key um and technically yeah okay um and um he is undeniably one of those guitarists who does have a signature sound um, but most guitarists who have a signature sound have a signature sa- sound through being very showy in some sense. Slash, say. Um, or, oh God, just you can name fucking loads. Tom Morello. Tom Morello, there we go. I mean, well, actually, Tom, I don't know if Tom Morello is a great example because he's not 
even he isn't well, he showy. Got a signature sound, doesn't he? He definitely has a signature when sound. When he pulls his thing out and goes, whoop, 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 you tell me that's not showy? Come on. Uh, not in a traditional technical sense. Right. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Van Halen, fine. Yeah. You know, Van Halen has tapping bloody blah, blah, blah. Um, whereas John Frusciante, I mean, most Frusciante stuff is relatively easy to play. I mean, the, there are bits which are deceptively difficult, I would say. But it certainly sounds it like... struck me as someone who writes quite simple sounding stuff, I have to say. It's I think... That you say, it, it's, it's funny you say that because... I've never, I've never thought that. I think if you go to Californication and buy the way and stuff, I mean, <laughs> I tend not to do. Yeah, that. of course you don't. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, he definitely. Blood Sugar Sex Magic is one of those records where um, uh, it sounds deceptively simple. There's a lot of, a, 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 there's a lot of buskers who will play a version of Under the Bridge, but very few people can play it like John Frusciante. Again, I. I've never listened to the that doesn't sound that easy to me I mean I don't play the guitar so I don't really know but I never listen to even Blood Sugar Sex Magic and go even those bits they just anything that feels that picked I'm always like well that must be quite hard a riff quite a hard riff to play because he's not really strumming it's just arpeggiated it's just arpeggiated oh yeah wow god there he is (laughs) fucking Geddy Leo Hendrix reincarnate it's just up. It, it, okay. It's just arpeggiated chords, but in Frusciante's hands, it isn't. It's actually a lot more than that because there's lots of little trills and fills and mm. cheeky bits. Cheeky yeah. bits. That'll do. Technical term, um, which make it very Frusciante esque. And yeah, and the majority of people who have a signature sound, as I say, do that through technical brilliance. Yeah. And Frusciante is a te- very technically gifted player but he's very rarely showy mm. i apologize for bringing up geddy lee when uh, talking about he's the bassist yeah because yeah. he's the bass player and That's i fine. knew that but it's because we were talking about him earlier i just I didn't want didn't want people tweeting me going you know geddy lee's about anyway um i'm yes. gonna tweet you anyway <laughs> yeah um uh yeah uh, he he is he's um certainly an interesting guitarist john frusciante um and you know compared to compared to um david navarro just to bring that comparison with the chilies and stuff david navarro a phenomenal guitarist as well but yeah. definitely in a showy sense oh yeah yeah like like la you know, is fuck Dana yeah Martin, yeah yeah LA yeah as fuck yeah. um but yeah he's, he's good um renfrey this album is uh it's it's not good mate <laughs> <laughs> and it's not because it's john frusciante and i don't like the red hot chili peppers i don't think that's the problem i think the problem is is that it's um i found this to be exactly what i expected um a uh, a kind of uh, esoteric big name musician solo material to be mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is very very self-indulgent indeed there i i absolutely admit there are parts of this record which are incredibly self-indulgent and do mm. not need to be on it yeah. um there are a lot of um quite mars volta-esque um weird wibbly wobbly instrumentals which are not needed yeah i mean i was just like there were a few bits where i was like okay now this sort of this is good this is kind of you know um more melodic or not even more melodic but kind of melodic era pearl jammy bits mm-hmm. that i thought like oh this is getting somewhere now and mm-hmm. then he'd ruin it by just <laughs> going like <laughs> for fucking six minutes and you're like mate 
Like exaggeration. I yeah, I don't have <laughs> 62 minutes and 23 seconds to waste on you and your fucking whims and your flights of fancy. And it was, you know, it's like... like do you remember when like Prince used to release an album every other week, didn't he, for God knows how long? Uh, he did for a while. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And some of them would be good, and then some of them would Wank just... to all of them. Yeah, <laughs> would be, yeah, yeah. I was so tired. Um, <laughs> that was a really tough week. Yeah. And, and some of them would just be kind of long like oh i need to release something i better just release this whatever and i don't feel like this is just like wanged out you know not this one no no thought put into it whatsoever some of his records sound like they are (laughs) but i do feel like this is someone who has just gone yeah everything everything i've got goes on the record everything yeah i I do think he suffers from that a little bit yeah Um, every idea goes on the record yeah yeah I, I, i'm not I, saying he hasn't thought about it that much or he's not really tried that hard but it is you know it's and i guess if you were in the red hot chili peppers in 2004 and you're having to go on stage and do the things you had to do then it would probably drive you mad and you would probably need some sort of like massive purge of all your ideas well this was actually recorded during the by the way sessions yeah so he was sort of doing this you know on the side kind of thing I'm going to say something which I didn't think I'd be saying. I think this is worse than By The Way. (laughs) And I think By The Way is absolutely atrocious record. (laughs) Uh, I think this is worse than By The Way as well, but I really like By The Way. So, uh, although it has fucking awful moments on it like every chili peppers album the zephyr song more like the fuck off song oh um, that was a single as well i know that that it that is mind-blowing that the zephyr song was a single but there you go mm. warner brothers eh um I, probably I, not warner brothers fault sorry. to be fair <laughs> um i kind of just wanted to give you this record because i think it's an interesting you know how um when Serge Tankian released Elect the Dead yeah. and Scars on Broadway released their self-titled debut record yeah. about six months apart from one another, you could kind of hear, okay, that's what Darren brings to System of a Down and that's what Serge brings to System of a Down. And when they come together, they create System of a Down and mm. it's awesome. Um, I feel like you can hear what Frushante brings to Red Hot Chili Peppers by listening to his solo stuff. And the stuff that he brings to that band are all the things that I like. And then I feel like other elements come in and um, ruin it as a bit over the top, but make it not as good. Mm. Um, I don't think this album is amazing. And I definitely, I, I don't think anyone could honestly hand on heart go, there isn't any filler on this. I mean, <laughs> they would be insane if they did. Filler? Fuck me. Like This is one slice of bread and then just... All the coronation chicken. It's all filler. <laughs> I do actually. This is a breadless sandwich. This <laughs> and and annoyingly as well. Sometimes songs that I really like are not spoiled, but for some reason there'll be a minute of like at the beginning. Carvel. I think the first song is. I really like that song. It doesn't need two minutes of wibbly wobbly at yeah, the beginning of it. It's six minutes and 15 seconds long. Yeah. I, you're right. Because I put it on, I was like, oh, yeah. Okay. Fine. Wibble. And then I was like, fucking, you got to go, mate. <laughs> this song yeah, has got yeah, to go. And I was like, yeah. it's the first track. And I'm already like, 
How long is this record? Yeah. In the first track. <laughs> how long is this record? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I am not. I, I'm. I I, re- I respect the kind of um, the fact that John Frusciante. I like the fact that John Frusciante exists. Do you agree that he, you listen to him even as someone who? Oh yeah, this absolutely like, sounds like the dude sound. from Red Hot yeah, Chili yeah, Peppers. Yeah. yeah, like I like the fact that someone like John Frusciante exists. Mm. John Frusciante is a a nomad. You know, mm. he's obviously doing whatever he wants to do. He yeah. doesn't really care about getting up on stage in front of eighty thousand people nope. and you know wiggling his bum or whatever like Anthony Kiedis does. Uh, sure. That's not why he's in the Red Hot Chili Peppers, and I I I, I do believe that. That's just, why he leaves them all the time. Yeah, I think he, he ha- I think he has that push pull within him. So, yeah. Well, I mean, I and say I think, that like I know him, but and um, I think yeah. it's interesting to have artists in this world who are just doing it purely for the thing that moves them inside their soul. I think that's great. I think, unfortunately, in the case of John Frusciante, while he is obviously a very talented guitar player Mm. and has obviously developed a signature sound of his own, I don't think he is a skilled songwriter. Um, mm, yeah, um, yeah, you're probably, yeah, probably you're right. I mean, he's not showy, you're right. He's not showy. And he does do things that are kind of oddly difficult and interesting because of it yeah. because of managing to get something which seems so odd sounds so simple or kind of you know for a band as big as the red hot chili peppers to have some of these weird john fresh anisms crowbarred into their not even crowbarred but kind of melded into their material yeah you're right it's that's that's really cool hmm. that's but it you know it doesn't save all the other you know, Anthony Kiedis going, <laughs> California. Um, can't save it from that. And unfortunately, it can't save this record from being a bloated mess of pure ego. I would definitely say, I mean, I'm a little bit kinder to it. I do, I, I undoubtedly think this record should be 20 minutes shorter. Um, but I think there's 40 odd minutes of good stuff on here that i i actually really like mm. um i think know. the first track could be 40 minutes shorter. <laughs> <laughs> um the other thing i'm gonna say just very quickly is um this album is generally considered john frusciante's most accessible but isn't that interesting it's very interesting isn't that interesting from the point of view and i think it ties into everything that you have just said about him being a nomad and about him being um you know just doing what about him just doing whatever the fuck he wants to do um because john frusciante is one is in one of the biggest rock bands of all time whether we like that fact or not and i don't think either of us particularly like it but it is true and this is i i i I think this is an odd album by most most people's standards and the general perception that this is his easiest to get into. I from the I've not listened to all of Frusciante's solo albums because I've got a life to live. But <laughs> but it's definitely the most is definitely the most coherent and kind of quote unquote commercial that I've heard. Wow, undoubtedly. But man, good for him. Yeah, good for him, man. Like, good for good him. For him. <laughs> He's got a platform to be able to do that, and you know, people who like. That, you know the Red Hot Chili Peppers and like him as a, as a person, I'm sure will will lap it up. Um, but 
mate. It was hard work. I'm not okay. Gonna lie. Uh, I anyway, wasn't expecting you to like it. But no, it's fine. No. I mean, I don't love it, but yeah. when it's good, I, I really like it. So. When I first put it on and it got fast that first track, I was like, fucking old Renfrew, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Why are you doing this? Well, I mean, you've never given me a record where I felt that way. So, you know. Yeah, at least mine are like fucking poppy and stupid and he's actually there's nothing funny about this clawfinger's you know I mean? not well clawfinger's funny Claw, clawfinger was hilarious <laughs> Claw, like hilarious right catch was hilarious you could at least have gone wow this is stupid like this it's not even funny right well okay yeah, yeah. well i have a i'm okay i have a choice for you which i think uh will it be funny i don't know i'm not i don't know if you would have heard this it's really gonna bug me Go on, this is, is for next week by the way i didn't do a very good link there have you ever listened in full to Meatloaf's Bat Out of Hell 2 Back to Hell? <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> what? Um, no. Is that the one with uh, Do Anything for Love on it? I would do anything I mean, for love. Weirdly. 13 think... minute song. Uh, 13 minute yeah. song, that song. No, I haven't. If you think this is long, <laughs> that well, album is. The last podcast I did, I got fucking bad out of hell. <laughs> and I was like, oh, now I'm doing bad out of hell too. Um, I'm giving you this because it is the first album I ever purchased. Okay. Okay, cool. As a well, 10 year old. Right back at you, mate. <laughs> okay. I am giving you yeah. um, Streets in the Sky by The Enemy from 2012 oh. do you know anything about that record i i um not i not specifically the record i mean i know i know about the enemy i know i'm not gonna like it i'm gonna give you one fact about this record okay. or maybe i should save it for next week on metacritic it is rated ranked on metacritic as the fourth worst album ever made <laughs> so next week do you know what one two and three are out of interest uh i don't i'm afraid we'll talk about that next week yeah yeah so anyway the enemy um i think the duran duran album that i was going to give you might be one of them oh fuck wow yeah, okay yeah, yeah. Interesting. and phew, when we get around to doing that holy fuck <laughs> hashtag cancelled duran duran and steve is a duran duran fan i love duran duran yeah. but hashtag cancelled um anyway the enemy streets in the sky and meatloaf's bow of hell too what a fucking stupid show it's going to be next week. <laughs> um, bear, bearing in mind, we're also going to be reviewing new albums from Caspian, your favourite of the decade. And obviously, what would you put with Caspian? The Pet Shop Boys, <laughs> surely. Um, I don't yeah. know, should we promise that? Because Oh, well, well, I can't. God, I want it so badly. Well, Pet yeah. Shop Boys is out next week and we're going to try and review it. We're going to try and review Pet Shop Boys next week, so. amongst others, yep. a few more. Uh, go over to musicism.net, put Riot in 20... Uh, in the, in the, oh, fucking hell. Put Riot in capitals uh, in the checkout to get 25% <laughs> off all courses. We will see you next week. Um, and it should be pretty interesting. Absolutely.